0: This podcast is brought to you by Caravella Coffee. Welcome to Origin Compass, where we look at all things coffee from the origin perspective. Hello and welcome to Origin Compass. I'm Rui Gowan and in today's episode we'll be looking at traditional varieties, the ones that we most commonly work with at Caravella. To help discuss this with me and to explain some of the terminology, I'll be talking to Julio Alberado. Julio is from El Salvador. He is a food scientist with a specialization in coffee science and economics and is currently working for World Coffee Research in El Salvador. So, Julio, welcome. How are you today?
1: Hey, Rory. Thanks. I'm fine. And I'm so happy to participate in this podcast.
0: Well, Julio, thank you very much for being here. Um, maybe we could start off with a question for you. What, what defines a traditional variety in Latin America?
1: First of all, I would like to start by mentioning that coffee crop has had a tremendous influence in Latin America countries in its economics, politics, and in the social structure Many governments have introduced and also encouraged the coffee production along the history in, in our countries The typical variety arrived to Central American countries and Bourbon variety went to Brazil Talking about traditional varieties in Latin America, it's talking about Typica and Bourbon varieties and also their mutations or crosses.
0: As Julio says, the traditional varieties found all over Latin America can be traced back to either Typica or Bourbon. That is to say that many of the traditional varieties that we see today are either mutations or hybrids of these two original varieties. In more recent times, there has been some injection of different genetic material. But in many cases, these traditional varieties form a large proportion of the coffee still found in Latin America today. And this word variety, let's have a closer look at this. What does it actually mean and how does it compare to the word cultivar, which is another term used often when talking about different coffee plants?
1: This is a nice question, but okay, let's see one by one. Variety is a natural group of plants given by nature, with no human intervention cultivar means cultivated variety and this is a product of breeding efforts so in this context typica it's a variety and sl21 it's a cultivar in order to register a plant material as a variety it has to fit three requirements first the material is distinct from other materials two the material is homogeneous and three The material is stable.
0: Okay, thanks Julio. Let's go back a little. How have we ended up with such a small genetic pool in Latin America? Arabica coffee was first taken from the Ethiopian coffee forest to Yemen for cultivation and from here it spread to other parts of the world. There is some debate as to exactly how what we now know as tipica got to Java, Indonesia. But there is evidence to suggest that this coffee traveled from Yemen to India and then to Indonesia. It was in Indonesia that a single plant was taken to Amsterdam in 1706, where it became part of the botanical gardens there. As incredible as this seems, this single plant is responsible for all of the Tipica that is traditionally found in Latin America today. From the Netherlands, the coffee was sent to Latin America, where it gradually made its way through South and then Central America. Bourbon, on the other hand, was taken multiple times to Yemen to La Réunion, which was at the time called Bourbon in the early 18th century as many of the plants did not survive the first few trips it wasn't until the 19th century that it would then leave the islands to continental africa by french missionaries borobon eventually made its way to latin america to southern brazil in 1859 and then headed north this variety became popular in brazil as it was more productive than the typica that was all that existed up until that time from this point we have some mutations and hybridizations which have given us the rest of what we now know as traditional varieties. But let's maybe start off with a bit of a definition. Julio, maybe you could help us out here by explaining exactly what is a mutation and why do they occur?
1: It's very normal that mutations occur. A mutation, it's a modification in the structure in which this DNA chain is written. And this occurs naturally due to external causes, like drop down in temperature, biotic or abiotic stresses. A clear example is Bourbon variety mutating to dwarf plants like Pacas, Caturra, uh, via Sarchi, or more extreme mutations as Laurina, which is a low caffeine content coffee variety.
0: As Julio says, mutations occur naturally over time. Corbonne is responsible for some very important mutations that have given us Catura and Pacas. In the case of Catura, this was a dwarf mutation that occurred in Brazil. It resulted in a tree with a bushy appearance and this meant that collecting coffee was more practical. It also meant that the tree could be planted closer together and this improved production yields per hectare. Pacas is also a dwarf mutation which occurred in Central America, in El Salvador. It has many of the same benefits as Catura. However, both these varieties like Bourbon are susceptible to leaf rust. On the typical side, important mutations gave us Madigo Hippie. This giant bean of a coffee is popular and cups well, even though it is not very productive. Its large size and low yields makes it a fairly controversial option for producers. However, it is popular with buyers due to its size. Pache found in Guatemala and Peru is another mutation on the typical side. It is dwarf with good yields and cup quality and has a slightly bigger bean size when compared to Catura and Pacas. Before we get into looking at some of the hybrids that are a result of the border bone and typical lineage, we need to talk a bit about resistance. Let's first hear what Julio has to say about resistance.
1: Talking about resistance is talking about genetics. Several genes work for creating barriers or defences to fight against pests and diseases. An example of this is genes to, fe- to fight against coffee leaf rust.
0: As we said, both Tipica and Bourbon are not very resistant to coffee diseases, and particularly leaf rust. And so, in general, the mutations that are a result of Tipica and Bourbon in Latin America are also not very resistant to rust. On the farm, good management of crops in terms of keeping the trees healthy, higher altitudes and cooler growing climates, as well as other preventative measures, are often enough to keep the rust at bay. However, through hybridization, some resistance has been created.
1: The resistance of coffee to coffee leaf roast on improved varieties comes from the coffea canephora species. In most of the breeding programs, big efforts have been made to cross coffea arabica varieties with timor hybrid.
0: So before we talk more about the timor hybrid, Julia, what, what exactly do we mean by a hybrid?
1: So a hybrid is a cross between a paternal and a maternal line. The first offspring is named F1 and the second is F2 and the third is F3 and so on. In order to create a variety coming from a hybrid, you need to go from F1 to F6 in order to get stability and to fix the traits that you want in your variety. So this is a whole process that takes a long time as 25 or Years.
0: these new varieties are in general not what we would consider traditional and in fact as Julia mentions many cannot be considered proper varieties as when they reproduce they do not pass down consistent characteristics as they have not yet stabilized over time example of these include Sachimors and Catimors so let's move back to our traditional varieties in Latin America and talk about some of the hybrids that have resulted from the traditional Bordobon Typica lineage Bordobon and Typica came together to produce Mondo this was a naturally occurring cross that took place in Brazil. The result is a large tree, like its parents, and good yields, like Bourbon. This was then crossed with Catura to get Catuai, which is short, like Catura, and reasonably productive. Maragor Hippie and Pacas came together to produce Pacamara. And, well, Julio, as you are from El Salvador, maybe you could speak to us a little bit about Pacas and Pacamara.
1: Yes, I would love to talk about Pacas and Pacamara variety in El Salvador. So the Pacas variety, it's a natural bourbon mutation and this was discovered in a farm owned by the Pacas family, in Salvador. That explains the variety's name, right? <laughs> Years after that mutation was discovered, it was domesticated and then it became a variety. And then this variety was crossed with Maragogipe in order to create the variety Pacamara. This one has gotten a tremendous importance in the region due to its productivity, bean size, which is so characteristic, and cup quality.
0: Often it can seem like there's so many different varieties all over the place, and in many cases there are, but some varieties you hear about from producers are actually just the same variety with a different name. For example, in Colombia the term Arabigo is just tipica, in Peru it's Nacional, and in Mexico it's called Pluma Hidalgo. As we can see, the genetic diversity of Latin American traditional varieties is very small. As buyers of these coffees, there is a great attraction, as the cup quality tends to be better. And for this reason, they're very sought after. Keeping these varieties in the ground is actually quite challenging, as although they are more profitable for producers, this is only the case if they get a good production and a cup score to match. If traditional variety crops are savaged by rust or other pests, this can not only be detrimental to the cup quality, it can also result in a total loss of production. So Julio, bearing all this in mind, what is your view on traditional varieties versus resistant varieties?
1: Well, I think that there's a market for everything. While improved varieties are more productive, many traditional varieties have good or outstanding cup qualities. In the end, it depends on the grower to decide what varieties to grow depending on his farm conditions and the market niche that they want to approach. Also it depends on the possibilities that you have to to invest in the management of of the farm. Traditional varieties are still very good. And if you give them an appropriate agronomic management, you can obtain a healthy plantation On the other side, some improved varieties had shown to have high cupping scores. For example, it comes to my mind, the H1 Centroamericano, which is a F1 hybrid of Sarchimor crossed by Rume
0: Yes, the variety is just one side, albeit an important side. How coffee is processed post-harvest has a massive impact on how the coffee will taste. And this is just as true for traditional varieties as it is for resistant varieties. Well, Julio, thank you very much for your input for this episode. And to everyone listening, thank you very much as well.
1: Rory, thanks you for inviting me to participate in this amazing edition of Origin Compass podcast and talk a little bit about traditional varieties in Latin America.
0: It was great to have you, Julio. So thank you very much once again. And to those listening, if you have any questions about what you've heard today in today's episode, please feel free to get in touch on any of our social media channels. This was an Origin Compass podcast on traditional varieties in Latin America from Carabella Coffee.